folding pocket. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Fast and the Curious is part of the Acast Creators Network. You enjoy it now. And welcome back to the Fast and the Curious. A bit of a uh, emergency episode that we didn't necessarily expect. I've just sprinted back from a coffee shop because I got a text <laughs> saying we've got an interview with the one and only Alex Albon. Uh, Alex, thanks for joining us. Thank you, thank you. Um, yes, we uh, appreciate the um, the U-turn, and uh, <laughs> this all came about basically because um, Dom had a had an issue with with an interviewer. She got a bit sassy and told them they can't interview me if they ask certain questions. And then basically told them, no, no interview. And then we thought it can only be Fast and Furious to replace them. Well, we're very grateful. And, and when Betty says last minute, this is the most last minute F1 interview we've ever done. Greg said on the podcast before, we mobilise the troops and we drop everything <laughs> literally with about 15 minutes. It's like, oh, we're talking to Alex Albon. Like now. Okay, <laughs> fine. Alex, I've even cancelled my lunchtime spin class. I'm that committed to talking wow. to you, you know, that much. <laughs> you, don't look, you don't strike me as a spin class kind of guy. Ooh, what does he strike you as? Just... Like spin class to me, you know, you're wearing the spandex. You you got the you got the yeah. yeah the foamy pants on. I just I can't see it. But but then I, then I can I can imagine you with a sweatband. Yeah yeah yeah. I like a gym session and I like to mix up my cardio, Alex. So and it's it's. Where do you where do you go where do you go for your spin uh, class? I, well, I've just the... moved to a new gym in the Elephant and Castle area of London, Alex. Beautiful. Yeah. So the podcast must be going well then. Yeah. <laughs> fine it's going fine <laughs> i like a spin class it's lots of music and it's quite high camp so it suits me well <laughs> amazing i love it i love it christian's very spin class by the way alex like if you see him just randomly in his everyday he wears like those tight cycling shorts he walks around yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i used to go around richmond park a lot where a certain george russell tends to cycle so yeah i Sorry. George and Spandex, that's not a good look. I think I think many on Instagram would disagree with you there, Alex, to be honest with you, but uh That's true, that's true. Alex, what have you been up to? What what's the latest? Because I was on your Twitter, you tweeted like that you're going on a road trip and you've been changing a tire or something. What's that about? <laughs> that was me on my road trip from Monza, uh, from Monaco. So it's about three and a half hours um drive. So I, I drove from uh from my house to uh to the circuit um last night. And so that's what you're seeing. And my, my tyres were flat. Um, I haven't been back at Monaco for the last three, two, three months. And um, I had to just do the normal stuff and, and my tyre pressures were low. So I had to uh, do a pit stop. <laughs> so you had to blow up your tyre yeah. yourself? Yeah. Sad, isn't it? It's a very first world problem. I can't do that. I don't. I'm just rubbish at that sort of thing. Yeah, you would, you, you would know. I hope you would know how to do that. That's, that's, that's at least... No, everyone's making no, their I, I, I literally, no, you, 
I wouldn't have a clue. Wouldn't know where to start. The least practical man on the planet, Alex, I can assure you. I I, I just would take it to Halfords. I'd just have to. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. We should talk about Formula One at some point while we've got you on. Of course. The Dutch Grand Prix. Yeah looking from my telly at home seemed absolutely mad yeah yeah what's it like as a driver to drive a race like that that's got one of those races that's just barking mad red flags rain safety cars crashes people spinning how do you deal with that it's most probably more chaotic for the viewer than it is for the driver because at least we have the knowledge of no knowledge we 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 are driving our own race and we don't really understand everything ourselves. We can kind of get a picture, but we're not too worried about trying to understand what's going on because we're, we're busy trying to keep the car on the track. So we're not that in tune with, with what we're doing. At least on my side, we did a strategy that was basically not to pit. So in terms of strategy, it's actually quite simple. It meant that we were driving on the slicks in like torrential rain. And uh, my, my only priority was not to crash. And, uh, I did it, so uh, yay me. Can you just explain to us like what that is like? How, I don't know, you must have to concentrate 10 times more than you would normally. It's um, it's a feeling which I don't think you can really replicate anywhere. Um, I don't know if anyone's driven a go-kart in the snow or in the rain and you want slick tyres. <laughs> Can't say I have, no. I have. You have, so maybe you would know. There is no feeling of... of really grip so much because when the car slides it will instantly spin at that kind of speed and that kind of temperature you you can't save the car it will it spins so quickly basically that you have no time to control it and then it means that you're basically you're trying to drive as quickly as you can because the quicker you can drive the more temperature you can keep in the tires which will give you that grip to to be able to to not slide and not spin so you're basically forcing yourself to drive as hard as you can and as quick as you can to not crash. And you know that if you try and drive safely, you have a higher chance of crashing. Yeah. So you're in this kind of, this this circle of um, doom. And yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of where we earn our money. But really as a driver, you're so tense at that point. You know, you're, you are, just like anything, I'm sure if you guys drive on the motorway and it starts raining, you, you tense that wheel harder than you normally do. Yeah. And everything's a little bit more reactive and, You've got to try to relax because at the end of the day, if you overcorrect and you're overreactive, you're going to crash as well. So, so you you just got to be kind of calm and, and focused. But everything you've just said there, Alex, is the case with wet tyres on. But you guys obviously didn't pit when the rain came down. So you were doing it on dry tyres as well, which must have just yes. been a, a really unique experience. There's not that many times you're going to have to do that in an F1 career. I hope not. I hope I hope we pit next time. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, but yeah, it, it is it is quite unique and it and it isn't normal. Um, I'm never someone who likes to toot their own horn, but it but it is something which is is really difficult. Well, we will. You did really well. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank we you. always toot your horn, Alex. Thank you, guys. I I appreciate it, so to speak. <laughs> I was just going to say, you are actually Christian's um, non-max driver of the year, by the way, Alex. So you should be very proud of yourself. Might be a bit biased. <laughs> I don't know. But um, but that's obviously very nice from Christian. Um, yeah, I still speak to him for a fair bit as well. And uh, um, he's always very supportive. So uh, he's, he follows along quite a bit, actually. Hang on. No, no, no. We mean Christian Hugill. Sorry. sorry. Yeah. This Christian. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm aware, Alex, that my words don't come with quite as much credence as Christian Horner. Your words mean more to me than Christian Horner's. I mean, if, if, if I get a Christian, <laughs> how do I say it? Hugo? Yes, correct. Appreciation? Um, it, it's more than anything. My confidence right now coming into this weekend is higher than it's ever been before. You must be pleased with how you're driving, though, because you're picking up points, you're dragging the Williams up. It could have been even better in, in the Dutch Grand Prix. Yeah. You must yeah. be over the moon. I'm super happy. I feel like as a team, we're, we're making so much progress. It's so exciting. I can't explain to you how fun it is to go into a race weekend every week, knowing that there's points up for grabs. The motivation within myself, but, but also within everyone here, um, is tenfold. And it just means that, I think, I mean, I speak for, for the whole team, that we're enjoying the racing. You know, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. So, so, yeah, let's hope it continues. Alex, we're proud of you. And you've made my year with your Christian Hugh or Christian Horner comment. <laughs> Always. Keep smashing it. Maybe. <laughs> Good luck at the weekend. Well, we should debrief Betty Glover, shouldn't we? <laughs> Firstly, I think the first thing that we've got to talk about, Christian, is the fact that he thought I was talking about Christian Horner. <laughs> and I was talking about Christian Hugill. Easily confused, very similar men. But mm, well, I won't go that far. Um I mean, <laughs> let let's go back to the starts. Just to say, while Alex has gone, we're not lying here. We Betty was in a coffee shop. I was working from home at my desk. Producer Jimmy was, I don't know what Jimmy was doing. Jimmy was about to go out and get his phone fixed, I think. And literally it was a case of, we could do Alex Albon now. Greg's not around. Don't even know where Greg is. Greg was like, <laughs> I can't do it, but go. And it was like, oh my God. And it was like 15 minutes ago, I was making a coffee in the kitchen. I ran upstairs, turned my mic on. <laughs> Alex Albon's on the screen. Well, this is the this is the fast-paced world of F1. If you're not ready, you miss out. You've got to always constantly move. You've got to move. Um, he was great, though, wasn't he? I love the sort of insight that he gave us about what it's like driving in those conditions because we talked about that a lot the other day, didn't we? So it was great to actually hear it from a driver's mouth. The thing is, as well, with Alex, right, I, I always think Alex's story as a Formula One driver is underestimated. Like, this is someone that as a young driver was dropped from the Red Bull program before getting his way back in and ending up at Alpha Tauri in 2019. He then gets promoted to the Red Bull seat super quickly. And we know how hard it must have been for him to lose that seat. You know, he had 18 months at Red Bull, a season and a half before finding out exactly what Checo's going through at the moment, you know, just how tricky it is. And the way he's built his F1 career back up by being... Red Bull's reserve driver for a year and properly impressing Red Bull with how he committed to that role, how much of a help he was in the sim, how much of a contributor he was to Max's first world title. The way he's rebuilt his F1 career into one of the hottest properties on the grid again, it's just so impressive. And he does it all by being the nicest guy on the planet. It's just brilliant. Yeah, I mean, so down to earth as well, isn't he, with his 100 cats him and him and Christian Horner obviously get on very well. Him and Christian Horner do get on well. I think everybody at Red Bull has got so much respect for what Alex has gone and done. It's a really exciting time for him and Williams because Williams have had all this time in, in recent years where they've been on the decline. But after those years of it being tough, they're really on the up again. James Vowles, the team principal who was working under Toto at Mercedes, has come in, has turned the team round, 
They're making progress. They're on the up. They're scoring points again. They've got a car that's capable of battling for points. They've got a driver in Alex that can drag the most out of it. And it feels like it's really great. And and for Williams to have a driver of Alex's calibre at the front of it is fantastic. He's contracted to them for next year, so he's not going anywhere next year. And what Williams will want to do is basically show next year that they can take another step forward. Because if Alex is battling for not just points, but, you know, can be pushing towards the podium places next year, maybe, he's going to be thinking, well, hang on a minute, this team can be built around me and I can get back on the podium with this team and do it with Williams and spearhead their revival. And what a story that would be. It's fantastic. How do you think Alex is going to do at Monza then? Firstly, he'll be grateful to be racing in Monza because last year he missed it with his poorly appendix. So he'll be grateful to be back. The Williams tends to suit the quicker tracks and Monza is one of those. He'll be going into Monza desperate to score points because the car's quick enough. And also, it's a big weekend for his teammate, Logan. The t- James Vowles used the term rally round after his disappointment in crashing out of the Dutch Grand Prix, which was caused by a, a loss of hydraulic pressure after Logan had hit a curb. So it was very unfortunate. You know, normally hitting a curb wouldn't cause a spectacular failure like what happened. So Logan, you know, made a small mistake in hitting the curb, but was desperately unlucky, such as the fine margins of F1. And nothing would solidify Williams' progress more than a solid double points finish. And it's possible. It really is. It's very, very exciting, Christian. And I'm very pleased that we had this impromptu get-together on a Thursday when I wasn't expecting it at all. I might go back and uh, finish my coffee. Don't know about you. I, I had visions of it being like you being in the corner of the coffee shop with like classical music playing in the background. You've got a book in one hand, a latte in the other, and it's like, <laughs> oh! you were going back to resume your peace and tranquility. But uh, mm. funny old world, isn't it, that we end up, right, quick, podcast now. Funny. <laughs> Quick, Alex Albon's there. Rally the troops. Well, well done, one and all. Well done, guys. Well done, everyone. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this impromptu episode of The Fast and the Curious. Um, we'll be back after the Italian Grand Prix, as we were planning on being, unless, I don't know, in, unless any other F1 drivers pop into our waiting room before. The, who knows? We might be back on Saturday afternoon because we might get a text saying Kevin Magnussen's around. Who knows? <laughs> Max Verstappen wants to chat. <laughs> yeah. Stranger things have happened. What if Stranger things Gun- have Gunter happened. might turn up at our front door? Who knows? Toto Wolf is giving you a call. Anyway, should we go? Yeah, let's go. Stop, 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 stop. Stop the music. <laughs> we can't go yet. We can't go. <laughs> Genuinely. I am never going to be able to drink this coffee, Christian Hugh Gill. The unplanned chaos continues. Um, Right, let's talk about it. Breaking news. Lewis Hamilton and George Russell have signed new contracts with Mercedes. Big news, my friends. So Lewis will be a Mercedes driver until at least the end of the 2025 season. We knew George was sticking around next year at Mercedes but we didn't know exactly how long for. So this is confirmation that George's deal runs to the end of 2025. And Lewis, who is now 38, we we thought that he was going to re-sign for Mercedes next year, but we didn't know for sure. There were sort of like little rumours about Hamilton really weren't there. But like, why is this so significant? Why is this such a big deal? The thing is, everybody knows Lewis wants the eighth world championship. He's currently, he is the most successful Formula One driver of all time, but he's tied on all-time championships with Michael Schumacher, the great Michael Schumacher, and that is on seven world championships. Lewis is the most successful because he's got the most wins, pole positions, etc. And this is Mercedes 
committing to him and him committing to the team for another two years in the hope that Mercedes can bring him that world title. Now, it's also significant because George is there and I think Mercedes have probably the best all-round driver lineup on the grid. For me, they've got two number one drivers. And the final significant thing is F1 goes into a bit of a reset in 2026 where there's going to be new engines, new engine suppliers coming in. You know, Red Bull will team up with Ford. Audi will be in the sport. So it will then give Lewis and Mercedes a decision. Does Lewis carry on into that new era? Listen, Lewis will be 40 and we're seeing with Fernando Alonso at the moment, he is performing at his peak. I don't think there's any reason why Lewis can't stay into that new era if he wants to. So I'm, I'm not even saying that this might not even be Lewis's last contract at Mercedes, but it could be. But he's definitely there for the next couple of years. So it's it's game on. Mercedes are going into battle to try and catch Red Bull. Game on. That's what we want to hear. That is what we want to hear for next season. And I've got visions of Lewis Hamilton, 55 years old, strapping himself into that Mercedes, getting ready to go again. Anything else you want to add, Christian? I, I, I don't think Lewis wants to retire until he's got this eighth world championship. And I just think at Brackley, at Team Mercedes, knowing that they've got two world-class drivers committed for the next couple of years. I think it will galvanise everyone. And I think there'll be a real renewed focus of, right, we can get them. If that car is good enough, Lewis can take the fight to Max. And for all Max's, I keep saying every week, doing sensational things, we need someone to really challenge Max the way Max really challenged Lewis. Get aggressive, get in his head. And there's nobody better equipped to do that than Lewis Hamilton and George Russell. Hamilton and Russell in a car that is capable of battling for the championship is just a mouth-watering prospect for the future of F1. So that is what we want. Oh, can you imagine next season if we get a competitive season? That is so exciting. It is exciting. Should we should we try and go again? Yeah, shall we try and leave? Does any, but before we go, does anyone have anything they want to say? Any more breaking news? I don't think there's any more F1 drivers. I don't think. Let me just do a triple check refreshing Twitter so that we don't get more breaking news. Lots of lots of Mercedes gifts flying around. But other than that, I, I'm not seeing any more breaking F1 news. So we think we might be safe to go, which I'm glad about because I do need a wee now. Yeah. Um, take three. I'm going to try and drink my coffee. You go for your coffee and I'll go for a wee. <laughs> Bye. Bye. 